Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good Erev Shabbos. This week's uh, Parsha of Nassau uh, describes different types of Jews. Uh, I mentioned before that the Chumash Vayikra deals with Kohanim, Torah Kohanim, the Bamidbor the onset deals with Levim. This week's parsha deals with Nesim. The leaders of the tribes. There's another classification that exists in this week's parsha, and that is that of Anozir. A nozir is someone that takes a vow, so to speak, to increase one's holiness. Uh, So the vow, uh, in its classical case, there are two types of nozir. The uh, regular one, so to speak, is for 30 days. And then there is someone who is a Nazir Olam, who is a Nazir for the entire lifetime of the person. So uh, the uh, Haftorah that we'll read, for instance, deals with a Nazir Olam, Shimshon. And uh, Shmuel Anovi, according to tradition, was also a Nazir Olam his entire life. But the ordinary Nazir, the one the Torah describes for us, is for 30 days. And uh, the Nazir takes upon himself uh, that... uh, one is not allowed to drink wine. One is not allowed to defile oneself. One is not allowed to have intimate relations, uh, to somehow uh, make oneself impure. Uh, one is uh, restricted uh, basically to a life of a hermit outside the camp. And when the period of Nazirus ends, the 30 days, so then he brings a special set of sacrifices in the temple and then is reintroduced to normal societal life. So let's examine two or three aspects of this the way the Mephorshim looked at it. First of all, why in the world should anyone become a Nazir? The Gemara itself raises the question. The Gemara says, It's not enough for you what the Torah said is also 
and you have to go ahead and add another layer of prohibitions, that obviously is not allowed. And therefore, and therefore, uh, <clears throat> it seems that the uh, attitude of uh, the Gemara towards uh, Anozir is very negative. And in fact, we see in the Gemara that the great Kohen Godel, Shimon Atzadik, uh, never uh, participated <coughs> in the sacrifices of a Nazir because he felt that uh, somehow they were deficient. It was not good. Except for one instance that the Gemara records <coughs> where he felt that the Nazir Oh, excuse me, where Nazir was really sincere. <clears throat> but generally speaking, we do not have a positive attitude towards Nazirs. So then, how do we justify it at all? Why would the Torah have created uh, this category of a person? And uh, the Gemara, there's a, an entire Masechda devoted to Nazir. If it's not a positive thing, then, uh, so to speak, who needs it? So on that, Rashi, quoting the Gomorrah already, Rashi points out that there's a juxtaposition in this week's Parsha between the uh, subject of Sota. Sota is an unfaithful woman. And uh, it's followed by Nozir. So the uh, Rashi quotes the Gemara that says, Misha Roa Soto Bikilkula, someone who saw the Soto, in other words, was aware of that breakdown in society, of that disloyalty and lack of faith. So he should say, well, I'm not going to drink wine for this period of time because wine was, so to speak, as it is today, uh, the symbol of uh, leading to all sorts of problems. So therefore, Chazal saw that the justification for Nozir was that it was preventive medicine. In a society that was very weak on morals, where you could have people bring a korban, uh, bring a sacrifice in the Beit HaMikdash for Sota, in such a society you have to do, uh, take pre- preventive measures. And therefore, Nazir is a case where a person feels that one is unable 
on one's own volition to control all of these matters. So therefore, one takes upon oneself this series of vows and prohibitions in order to protect oneself. Now, we are all aware that uh, people want to protect themselves. We have uh, tens of people here wearing masks, even though we're all inoculated, even though there have been zero cases in Yerushalayim over the past few weeks, Baruch Hashem. But people want to protect themselves. They don't want to be uh, endangered by... uh, So they play it safe. So the idea of Nazir is therefore to play it safe. I don't want to end up with a case of Soto so we don't have wine in the house. And my friend, the Rabbi Tversky, who was an expert on alcoholism, uh, told me that he had uh, patients that he uh, advised them to move out of certain neighborhoods because those neighborhoods had bars. So he said these people are so susceptible that if you walk by the bar, you're hooked. If you smell it from far, it's like an allergy, you know. Uh, God forbid there are people that have uh, peanut allergies. Especially in schools now. And uh, we had a case this year, unfortunately, where someone died of a peanut allergy. They were unaware that uh, they had brought something of peanuts into into the room. Someone else with the allergy died. So just as in the physical world, in the medical world, uh, such susceptibility exists. And in order to counter that susceptibility... One takes extreme measures. So, for instance, because there could be one person in the school that has a peanut allergy, the school will not allow hundreds and hundreds of children not to bring in anything with peanuts. Simply because the risk to the one person can be fatal. So that's the idea that Chazal said here. It's possible that there's a case where this person will be so affected by the atmosphere that the Sota brings into society. So Yasir then he should stay away. Take for himself the vows of the zeros in order to prevent, so to speak, what otherwise can happen, even though it may be a very long stretch. 
even though it may be something that uh, is very unlikely. Chazal also uh, said the famous rule, Petropos la royos. When it comes to sexual misconduct, nobody is guaranteed to be exempt, to be immune. So if we could have, uh, you know, a Pfizer could invent the vaccine for uh, misconduct, then that would be a great boon. But there is no vaccine. Everyone has to create their own antibodies, so to speak. And therefore you have, as we are witness over and over and over again, that seemingly great and good people who should know better and who do know better somehow fail in this area to the uh, shame and detriment of themselves and their family and really uh, to the entire society. So Nozir came somehow as a preventive medicine. We read in Pirkei Ovos that Anshei Knosses Agdola said, Asus Yog La Torah. Build a fence around the Torah. And we have therefore uh, uh, customs even mitzvot, the Rabbanan, what in today's world we call chumrot, in order to keep us away from problems. But there's no guarantee. Because ultimately what a person does is up to a person. So Chazal said, Ezeo Gibor, who is the strong person? Amoshel Beruchel, that he's able to control himself. And uh, in moments of temptation, uh, self-control is often hard to achieve. We, feel, we see that in the Torah. Uh, Yosef is Yosef Atzadik because at a critical moment he was able to override his desires and instincts. So the greatness of the Tzadik is that he controls and is not controlled by emotion, desire, society, outside forces, all sorts of things that control us. And uh, that's the Siog La Torah. That's the fence around the Torah. So it's not only uh, general rules for all of society, but everybody knows their own weaknesses. And again, someone that is prone to alcoholism, you don't give him a bottle of whiskey as a gift. And he should not hold it in the house. 
think there was once a film called The Lost Weekend about an alcoholic. And he uh, hid uh, uh, bottles of whiskey in the chandelier. So that's true of all of us, to whatever weakness we have. So some people have a weakness for money. Chazal say Rubam Begezel. It's possible that a majority of people have money that really doesn't belong to them. And Miyuton Baroyos, there are people who have problems of sexual misconduct. Bakulam Bavak and everybody is covered with the dust of Lashonara, of slander, of talking about others. So uh, the Chazal here are trying to identify the areas of vulnerability in human society. What is a person most vulnerable to? So it doesn't mean that everybody is a thief. can't go through life like that. But it does mean that everyone is vulnerable to become a thief. That money is a great, great uh, test. And it's hard to walk away from. And people therefore rationalize behavior. You're able to uh, make black white. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it really is a uh, wonder. Without making any political or uh, societal judgment. But what in the world does a prime minister have to do with taking uh, cigars or scotch or something? It's ridiculous. But that's the pettiness of people. That's, That's our problem. Our vulnerability. And our vulnerability is what makes us look to be petty. And if you, after a while, if you're petty enough... And people uh, resent it. Then it can become criminal. So one of the ideas of Nazir was this preventive medicine. To save us. Now in the Haftorah we're going to read about Shimshon Agibur. There are not many people who are called Gibor in Jewish life. So we all think of Shimshon Agibor in terms of physical prowess, which he had. You know, he killed uh, many Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Winston Churchill had a uh, famous quip about uh, a certain member of parliament that made a very long speech, and Churchill said, 
and people fell asleep on the speech. People walked out. So he said he he slew members of parliament with the jawbone of an ass. So Shimshana Gibber, you know, and the end he embraces the pillars of Gaza. So Gaza's been a problem for a long time. Didn't start here. It uh, never uh, went off the uh, radar. Was always a problem for everyone. So he's the gibor. He has tremendous strength. But the Tanakh wants to point to us that he had tremendous vulnerability. Because usually that goes hand in hand. The Gemara says, The greater a person is, the bigger his Yetzirah. The bigger his vulnerability is. God makes people that way. Because otherwise it's not even. The Gemara tells us stories about great people. Because they have great people have great vulnerability. Because they have greater possibilities. They're more likely to come into situations that they can take advantage of. And the Torah recognizes that. So, uh, the story of Shimshon is tremendously illustrative of this. So, in the story of Shimshon, we read, you know, that she cut his hair. She cut his hair, he lost his strength. That's a metaphor. His strength didn't come from his hair. His strength came from his with from within, from the greatness that he had. And he didn't realize how vulnerable he was. And that vulnerability turned against him. So that eventually it led to his downfall and undoing. And only in his last act in life, Thomas Nafshi impleached him. And he brought the whole temple down upon the Philistines and upon himself. But that tragic end is the redemption of the fact that somehow he now realized his vulnerability and was willing to act to defend himself against it. So uh, this idea, therefore, of Nazir has great import for all of us because to a certain extent all of us have vulnerabilities and we have to try and address them. Now, we, there's no Nozir today, uh, though there have been people who have been called Nozir in our time. Uh, 
David Akoin, who was the one of the Rosh Yeshiva in Merkaz Arav by Rav Cook, was a Nazir. His son, uh, Rabbi Shar Yashuv Cohen, who was the uh, chief rabbi of Haifa for many years, was also somewhat of a nozir. So they didn't eat meat, they didn't drink wine, they didn't take a haircut. So uh, he, uh, this nozir was a dovid. Uh, he was a uh, a man of uh, great intellect. He was a professor in the university in San Galant in uh, Switzerland. And during World War One, Rav Cook uh, was in exile. The Turks would not allow him to return to Israel. So part of the war he spent in Switzerland in this small village of San Galant. Later on, he would move to London and become the chief rabbi of the Federated Synagogues. But when he was in Switzerland, uh, he had influence on this professor, and he turned the professor into a Rosh Yeshiva and into a Nazir, and to a person that was a symbol of holiness. And he was called the Nazir. Simply because of the fact that it represented such a defense mechanism within him because he was well aware of his vulnerabilities and of the background, so to speak, that he came from. So therefore, he took extra precautions. I I always have that feeling that many times, and again, I'm not making judgments, but it's just an observation uh, that I've had over many years. Many times you see someone that uh, becomes a balchuva. Uh, That person adopts a much more rigorous observance and pattern than people that were born in the faith, so to speak. And uh, that is because of the recognition of the vulnerability. I mean, if you... If you never... uh, I I remember... uh, I once went to a restaurant with uh, really a great person who uh, was not observ- who uh, was not observant from a great portion of his life, and then became an observant Jew. So he went to the, we went to the restaurant, and uh, he ordered. Uh, Salad and and uh, a soft drink, and then at the end a cup of tea, and that was it. So I said, "I'm sorry that you know that you don't have an appetite." 
He said, oh, I have an appetite, they said. But he said, but I can't, can't eat in the restaurant. Because if I eat in the restaurant, I'm reminded of what I used to eat in the restaurant. And then I want that again. He said, you don't know what shrimp tastes like. You don't know what good pork loin tastes like. So you don't have a desire for it. But I do. I thought that was a very telling remark. Because it meant that he recognized his vulnerability. Where was his point? The Torah is there, Sefer Toldos Odom. This is the book of human beings. These are, these are the problems of human beings. So even though the uh, uh, technicalities of Nozir cannot be met today and really don't exist, and you cannot uh, bring any sacrifices in a temple that is yet to be built, but nevertheless the concept is certainly there. The idea that lies behind it. And that idea, simply put, is based on our vulnerabilities. And the more we know ourselves, the more we're able to defend ourselves. And in that type of defense, the Nazir comes to tell us that you become a better person and a holy person. So it's also interesting that the classic Nazir that we deal with is Shimshon, who's the failed Nazir, and not with Shmuel Anovi, who is the successful Nazir. In fact, the Torah doesn't make any, the Tanakh doesn't make any reference to his being a Nazir. Because oftentimes the righteous are above it all. And Shmuel is Moshe of Aaron Bechoanov, who Shmuel Bechore Shmo, he's equal to Moshe and Aaron. So his type of Naziris, it's hard for us to understand. The perfect Nazir is difficult for us to emulate. But the failed Nazir, so to speak, we can relate to that person because that is within all of us. That's part of our makeup as well. And the recognition of that, it stands for us as a great lesson, something that we should always remember, and that's the part of the idea of Naziris in this week's Parsha. Thank you for listening, and have a great Shabbat, everyone. Call to... Thank you.